Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan. While you were sleeping, we started the show complaining about the Mets. What is happening here? No, look, all kidding aside, I know it's very early. But to react to this three-game sweep, these are things that we – I'm not making this up. I mean, this is factually correct here. The Mets, these are things that didn't happen all last year with them. They didn't lose a series last year until mid-May. They didn't get swept until September. Both those out the window now in Series 2 of the year. Not only the results, which are alarming, it's how it happened. While we expected the offense to have some issues, the fact that they get shut out for back-to-back games, that's a problem. And even more concerning to me, this is my biggest issue. How were the Mets built? They are built on the top two guys in that rotation. Obviously, there's two stars in the lineup, too, with Lindor and Alonzo. And you look at it, nobody else is hitting. It's just those two guys, even yesterday, still not enough. But anyway, they're built on their stars to perform. And Verlander, who's supposed to replace DeGrom, and the joke was, oh, at least he'll make 11 starts. Well, guess what? Joke's on the Mets right now because DeGrom has taken two starts. One of them very good. One of them very bad. But he's at least made two starts. Verlander sitting back on the IL, collecting his $40-plus million. That's a problem. And Max Scherzer, who was out there and pitching, might as well be hurt because he's getting tattooed. He's given up four homers in 11 innings. He's walked four in his 11 innings. That can't happen. The Mets are not built to overcome Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander underperforming. Obviously, Verlander's case, he's just not performing. That's where I get concerned. And the main reason is, obviously, Verlander's age, and we talked about that coming into the year, and I tried to be positive and say, why is everybody talking about the age? Who cares? Those guys are dominant. Verlander was the best pitcher in baseball last year. Well, because of his age, his body is more worn down and you know clearly an issue as he starts the year on the IL. With Scherzer, the big concern is that this happened last year against Atlanta and against the Padres down the stretch, as you know, 
And what was the the talk? Well, he's hurt. Because it couldn't be that just Scherzer got beat up. He's too good for that, right? So the word was, well, he must be hurt. And then everybody basically confirmed that behind the scenes. Yeah, Max was hurt. He wouldn't tell anybody, but he was hurt. Okay, good. That actually made me feel better because it gave a reason. It gave us an excuse to why Max Scherzer got lit up against Atlanta and against San Diego in the two biggest starts of the year. Fast forward to this year. Start number one, six innings, three runs. It's not even about the results necessarily because you'd probably take that from most pitchers. You'd probably even take it from Max Scherzer on opening day. However, it was the two-run homer that he gave up to Garrett Cooper that tied the game that left a bad taste in my mouth. You can't have your best getting beat by their best to tie the game. That can't happen. And then coming off of that start, we wanted to see Scherzer rebound. And instead, he goes out there and is even worse, getting lit up, giving up homer after homer after homer to the Brewers. So now I ask, well, what's the excuse? If he's healthy, what's the problem? And Scherzer himself doesn't have answers. So I just gave you a bunch of facts as to why I'm concerned. Not just, well, I'm concerned about Scherzer. No, because of last year, because of what you've seen now through this year, and because he's got no answers, that's a concern. And the reason it's a major concern is because the Mets are toast without Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander performing at a high level. Toast. They cannot win. There aren't enough moves to be made that they could overcome that. They'll get a bat or two. They'll get a bullpen arm. They're going to need one without Diaz. You know, I don't trust Adovino or Drew Smith. Those guys weren't very good yesterday either. Anyway, they're going to need a bullpen arm or two. They need a bat or two, whether one's from the minors, one's from somewhere else. And they can't go out there and need a, a starting rotation arm as well, which they might need, but no matter who it is, it's not going to replace Verlander or Scherzer. That's why I think the Mets have some... I'm not going to say they're in serious trouble, but why they have some concerns. The whole philosophy of building a team on starting pitching where you're investing that much money in aging starters, it was questionable to begin with. I thought the moves prior to last offseason were a must. They had to go out there and get Scherzer, and they did. That was a no-brainer. You make that move every time. Did it work out exactly the way that they wanted? No. But because of the results of last year, for, again, a team who was built based on their starting pitching, remember, those are the big moves the Mets made last year. To pair Scherzer with DeGrom. To go get Chris Bassett in a smart trade before the season. That's how they were built. They were always thin in the lineup as far as power goes. Maybe have a balanced lineup and a lineup that's you know maybe deeper than most but certainly not powerful. So they were built on that starting rotation. And what happened? When they needed it the most, they had everything set up the exact way they wanted it to, and it failed them miserably in Atlanta and against the Padres. After those results is when I changed my mind about what the right philosophy should be. And I've always been pitching, 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 pitching. But after watching those results, 
Pitching is too fickle. We know bullpens are, but even with starters, whether it's their health, whether it's their performance, it is very difficult to find a consistent performer, which is why Garrett Cole, clearly the best pitcher in New York. Very difficult to find consistency and durability within that consistency as well, which is why I thought the Mets made smart investments by giving a lot more money to guys who have been consistent and dominant and durable for the most part throughout their careers. But at this age, you're taking a risk. And so far, it hasn't worked out for them. Now, they do that at the expense of loading up on the lineup. After what we saw last year with the pitching, I said it on the air, whether it be here or whether it be on SNY, that the Mets needed to build a powerful lineup. They needed to be able to match the Braves, the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Yankees. Build a powerful lineup to overcome any pitching deficiencies, injuries, poor performance. That's what they needed. They didn't do that. They brought back the same team, essentially, and went at it again. Doubled down on their philosophy. I mean, I respect it, but I don't agree with it. And that would be my concern is that this team, structurally, the way that it was built, philosophically, it was not the right thing to do. Now, they had limited options because they were behind the eight ball with the way that the franchise was run kind of before Steve Cohen took over. They were so far behind, they have to play catch up while they try to rebuild the organization basically from the bottom up, restructure everything. Drafting, developing, coaching, all that stuff at the lowest of levels all the way through the system. Those are important things that are taking place that we don't see. But to get competitive at the major league level, they had to spend and maybe overspend. And the way they chose to spend it was the pitching. So if Scherzer and Verlander don't get it done, I don't care who's hitting for this team. The Mets will be toast. Yankees get another win. They're four and two on the year, taking both the series to start the year. Two from the, you know, two out of three from the Giants. Two out of three from the Phillies. Uh, as you heard Marco say before, both games today postponed. Mets are supposed to open at home. That will now take place tomorrow instead due to the bad weather. Same with the Yankees in Baltimore. Baltimore pushes back their home opener to Friday as well. But Garrett Cole was good. Glaber Torres good. Yanks keep on rolling along, even with some injuries, you know, whether it be to that starting rotation, whether it be to the lineup. Hope to get Bader back soon, Rodon uh, maybe at uh, you know early May. But the Yankees, decent so far. Glaber been the bright spot. Glaber and, I mean, look, the judge is going to always do what he does. But Glaber and Garrett Cole, probably the two biggest bright spots so far for the Yankees through their first six games. Eight, seven, and Volpe's struggling, by the way. All the hype and all the pressure put on Volpe, he's struggling. He's off the kid. 877-337-6666. Steve is calling from New Mexico. Good morning, Steve. What's going on, Big Sal? How you doing, baby? How are you, Steve? Yep, all right. Pretty pretty good. I was the guy that called um, doing the uh, Frances impersonations. It wasn't Mike and Mayo pack, but um, I want to talk about something serious, though, really serious. I think that um, I think that the reason why the Mets are not bringing up the prospects, uh, the four big prospects, 
I think because there's something about like mystery, you know, mysterious, something unproven, you know, something like, I think they want to keep, um, keep them in the minors and then wait to the trade deadline and then send them over to the angels to get Otani. I mean, that's the only reason I could think of why they are not bringing up the prospects. Well, well, I'll tell you flat out why they're not bringing up the prospects. They are not bringing them up until their games are airtight. I mean, that's just a fact. Now, you may see Alvarez, if Norvaez has to be put on the IL, that's a different story. If injuries happen, it's a different story, but that means that they could go back. In other words, Alvarez may come up here if Norvaez is on the IL. When Norvaez comes back, Alvarez is going back down. I mean, unless he's homering every at-bat and the Mets can't put him back down, odds are he's going back down. Same with Beatty. Beatty's not going to come up anytime soon, especially now with his thumb issue, until he is completely ready to come up. That's how the Mets want to run the organization. Don't force the issue. Now, the other guys, Vientos, Mauricio, maybe they could be trade chips. By the way, the Mets already said before the year, when this was brought up, Steve, that they would not be in on an, on a big trade like that in the middle of the season where they have to trade up a, a, a bunch of prospects. They already said they wouldn't do it. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but I, I just can't believe that Escobar, I know Escobar had a great um, September, and, uh, you know, I just can't believe that they will not, like, add, I mean, Sal, we talked about this before, we both can't stand um, the DH, uh, we'll go back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not good at baseball, you say great. And by the way, I love the worthless baseball classic, oh my God, I want a t-shirt. That's great. Yeah, they'll, they'll be up but, for sale soon, actually. We're working on uh, working on that. But what's great about it, though, is that well, I don't understand how they can run the same pieces back. You have, like, four um, four people in the bottom of the lineup that are absolute outs. And before um, – one more thing, Sal. Why is, I, why is Jeff McNeil hitting seventh? I know the philosophy or whatever, you know, get more production on the bottom of the lineup, but wouldn't you place him? He's like a classic two-hitter, that guy. Well, he was hitting, uh, McNeil was hitting seventh, I think, against the lefty, Stephen. Thank you for the call. Appreciate the kind words. McNeil was hitting seventh against the lefty. Otherwise, he's been hitting fifth or sixth. And yesterday he was hitting sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah. And I think that's the right spot for them. They need, the Mets need protection for Pete Alonso. McNeil's not it. They need a five hitter. And by the way, neither is Vogelback, who walks. Maybe they should try Vogelback in the leadoff spot. He gets on base a ton. Vogelback leading the team and on base percentage. All he does is walk. He doesn't like swinging the bat. And the good thing is, at least when he walks, he's useful on the base paths. Eye roll emoji. Eric is calling from Ron Conkama. Good morning, Eric. Uh, good morning, Sal. Yeah, those uh, WBC uh, cookies are forthcoming, just, just so you know. Whoa! Um, By the way, your, uh, your, your Mets cookies were a big hit in the SNY newsroom. I'm glad to hear that. Who, who's, who's the biggest uh, cookie muncher there, would you say? Uh, Michelle Margot. She ate, like, I think three of them. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. So... Um, you know, look, I, I, I agree with Val to a certain extent, you know, with what he was saying as far as 
it's early, which which it is. I mean, there's no there's no getting around that. Okay, but you know, and we discussed this prior to, to you know even when the season started. The the thing I look at when I see stuff like this is I I look for patterns, and the pattern is. Like, like what happened with Scherzer uh, the other day is exactly how he pitched against San Diego. I mean, they, they, they that game was over after the first couple of innings, you know, uh, stuff like that, you know, or or the the, the very fact that we we've all known they need to add a couple of you know at least one solid bat, and and everybody was saying it was no secret that you know they pretty much brought back the same team that they had last year. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, look, we they did go to try to get Correa. That unfortunately fell apart. You know, I don't really think there was anything due to to their part, but they still didn't get actually add anyone of significance. So the, the the problem with the pitching aspect is, and this is why I I mentioned even like late last year, you know, building around the pitching is you get a couple of guys that you know you, you're putting all your hopes in. And they have, uh, you know, some rough outings on there. The game is over after two or three innings for the most part. You know, if you don't have the hitting to match up with that, you're not coming back well, more often than not. So th- that's what makes it tough, you know, hard to build around pitching. And, and that's why I would also get worried about Otani, as, as great of a player as he is. You know, everyone say, oh, well, you know, the, uh, you know, because you got the, the pitching and the hitting. But I tell you, if he ever got hurt, you're losing two aspects of of a, of a player as opposed to you or, know getting a pitcher and a hitter. You know, or if he got hurt, say, and he couldn't pitch, maybe he could still hit and be productive. And now you're getting per, uh, production out of a player that otherwise wouldn't be giving you anything if he were hurt. But because he does both, maybe he could. Right. So it it, it works both ways. The thing about right. the pitching, though, Eric, they only pitch every fifth day. So you're, you're talking about eight, the Mets are putting eighty million bucks into two guys who, at best, are going to be pitching every fifth day, and obviously that is not even the case with Verlander. And right. that's that's my their their impact is going to be minimal until the postseason, and we saw it down the stretch last year, which was essentially the postseason with the Brave series, and it failed miserably. You have yeah. to build. More so with the offense. The Mets have gone the other way, and it didn't work. Yep. By the way, I will say about your Correa point, I think the Mets are fortunate that they didn't sign Correa to that extension because he would not make a difference on this team right now. Because the point is, if Scherzer and Verlander aren't getting it done, they have no chance anyway. Well, I, well exactly right. I mean, that, that, that's you know where I was leading to. Because, again, you, know, the, you, you would need you know two or three other guys who are – you know, hitting on fire. I mean, look, look what happened yesterday. I mean, you had Lindor and Alonso both were went nuts yesterday. The rest of the team did nothing. But, you know, I mean, uh, aside right. from Bogart, you know. exactly right. Even on a day where those guys do more than what they, you know, are expected of, and a lot's expected of them, but that was over the top performance and much needed, by the way. They still lose. Nobody else did anything in that game yeah, offensively. Yeah. Yeah, that home, that second home run from Alonzo was nice. I mean, he went down to get that that pitch, and hopefully that you know gets him going on a, on a good streak there. So I look, mean, those nice are hitting. those are those are not just homers; those are big homers because one tied yeah. the game and one gave him the lead. Those right. are what, but they gave it right back. The, those well, but that's not his fault. Those are the Piazza like right. moments that I talk about with Alonzo. Look, Lindor and Alonzo, if people say, oh, Sal, you're concerned, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about Lindor and Alonzo. Matter of fact, 
the offense as a whole, I think, will be what I expected it to be coming in, which is okay. Worse than last year, but nowhere near good enough to be able to go win a World Series. They're going to need to add, and they will eventually. I'm worried about the pitching. I don't know if the pitching is going to be able to hold up. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And, I mean, and you're already looking at, you know, I mean, r- right now they're in the same s- situation they were last year to start with, uh, you know, the ground being out. The only difference is Scherzer's getting off through a slower start. So, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, you already have uh, Quintana being out. I mean, they got multiple pitchers out right now. So, But, yeah, but uh, you also... You also have Tyler McGill, who was not as good as he was a year ago. You right. have Carrasco, who was not as good as he was a year yep. ago so far through one start. You have, you know, remember Taiwan Walker wasn't bad last year. Taiwan Walker and Tyler McGill really picked up the slack. And Scherzer early yeah. on, you know, before he ended up getting hurt. But those guys did their jobs. Right now, the starting pitching, it's kind of in shambles. Now, it could right itself this time through the rotation, but I'm legitimately concerned about it. Yeah, no, and, and with a lot, with a lot of you know understanding. I mean, and, and this is the argument where you've heard a lot of people, you know, say that they're not concerned. You know, all they have to, you know, this is the uh, same. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the term. You know, same output as, as the previous year uh, that people try to say. Oh, well, you know, if they have the same production as last year, they've already proven that you can't count on something like that. You know, to, uh, unless maybe you're Aaron Judge, uh, to have the same output as the previous year because anything can happen. I mean, the the, the pitch clock alone, you know, uh, has changed uh, the way things are happening. So you, you can't count on what happened the previous year to happen the next year. So anyway, look, I don't Which want to take up all your time. You have, a, you have a great night, Sal. I'll talk to you. Oh, no, I got 40 minutes to go. I mean, please hang on all you want. And thank you for the call, Eric. The idea of doubling down with the same team, I hate it. I hate it in any sport. There's no way you should run it back. Now, you could keep the majority of a team intact, maybe tweak a little here, tweak a little there. You can't keep the same lineup. The Mets basically brought back the same exact lineup. It wasn't good enough last year, and they brought back the same exact lineup. They just changed. They basically brought back the same exact team. All they did was change... They swap some guys out. Taiwan Walker out, Jose Quintana in. Basically the same thing, but swapped the players. Justin Verlander in, Jacob deGrom out. Kodai Senga in, Chris Bassett out. That's basically all they did. The only areas where the Mets actually upgraded were the bullpen. And, of course, the bullpen still got worse. Why? Because of the worthless baseball classic and Edwin Diaz getting hurt for the season. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Going on 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry talking lots of Mets, lots of Yankees. We'll be back again tonight at midnight. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about then. No games to react to. Man, does that suck. As both Mets and Yankees will be postponed till Friday. We had the Knicks and Rangers in action last night. I actually went to the Garden for a little bit just to, I wanted to get my nephew a, uh, He's not listening, I could say it. I wanted to get my nephew an Easter present, and I got him a cane jersey. As he, you know, he's all excited about the newcomer and figured this would be his postseason jersey. So I got him a caner jersey. Meanwhile, I did some shopping for myself, too. Got myself some playoff gear, a couple of t-shirts, a nice jacket. I'm ready to go. And I was thinking about it. I mean, the Islanders give me $500 uh, worth of stuff for free, and here I go in the garden, and I'm spending 400 bucks on some some merch. Crazy how that works, isn't it? But yes, I'm, of course, a diehard Ranger fan, as you all know by now. Anyway, Rangers get a nice uh, win last night in an otherwise meaningless game, but they t- uh, took on the Lightning. The team eliminated them last year, so you want to show them at least that you're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And I think the Rangers got that point across. They were feisty last night. They were physical. They were tough. And they were good. I mean, flat out good, beating Tampa 6-3. So a nice win for the Rangers in a, a meaningless game. Knicks also had a meaningless game, but the young guys, Toppin and Quickly and Grimes with big-time performances, at least gives you hope that maybe those guys can be players moving forward. Maybe not this year necessarily, certainly not with Toppin if Randall comes back, but moving forward, I mean, you know, that's how you build championship teams, by drafting and developing impact players. And those guys showing that they have the potential, certainly quickly, and I definitely think Grimes, but even Obi with a couple of big games in a row. I didn't think he had it in him. Danny calling from Ozone Park. What's up, Danny? Ciao. How are you, buddy? How are you, Danny? I'm very good. I got to tell you, I, I learned a lot about you tonight through these callings. You know, you hate your job. You don't like being married. <laughs> you don't like having a kid. You got no time. You know, yeah. value your time. You know, you learn a lot through through callers who, you know, just know you from talking on the air. I know I've emptied my soul to you, listeners. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, real quick, before I get to Rangers, I was dying laughing when you were tell, talking about your wife meeting a new friend. I kid you not, not even a week ago, my wife comes home from a class and she's like, oh, I met this really nice girl. She's from my neighborhood, you know, from the area I live in. And my first question to her was, she married so she looks at me i'm like is she married she's like no i'm like oh i was waiting for you to say we're gonna have dinner plans with a new couple or something perfect i don't want it right 
perfect. Right. No that's marriage, that's what I want my wife to meet. I don't care if they have kids or not, as long as they're not married. This way, she could go hang out with the with the person, and I don't have to be involved. That's it. That's it. You know what? And again, I tell you, I'm married a long time. It's going to be 20 years this year. Which I, you know, you. I'm going to be 45. 20 years I'm married, so I'm with her like 27 years, and you know, a lot of kids and. You do the birthday parties. You do all that. Leave me the hell alone. And I say this all the time. He's working <laughs> nights for this whole time. It's probably what kept me married for this long. Yeah, that might not be uh, a bad thought. Although, uh, my wife's not going for it. I'll just uh, I'll just put it that way, as we kind of talked about before. There, there's some I think truth, though, to being... Before. Yeah, it's give good it, to be out of the five, house. Give it five, ten more years. Yeah, yeah. give it five, ten yeah, more right, years. Yeah, right, exactly. looking for you to go to work. Yeah, right. But anyway, five ten, reason. five ten more years, it won't be a problem. I'll tell you that we'll be yeah, be right, living in right. separate residences. Hey, listen, I, I was told at a young age, what let, makes a marriage last is separate beds or separate rooms. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost Danny, like uh, uh, Danny. Do you hate your life? You know what? I love my wife because <laughs> I don't see her often. Yeah. So no, anyway, I, I, on the re- yeah. all right. I you know you, you said a couple of times this night a meaningless thing. You know we we do have an opportunity to pass these devils right now and get. Oh no, come on, like, they're not catching the no. devils. Well, we're only three points behind them. Yeah, I, I they're mean, not catching it, the devils. Know, three points. Well, what do they got? Three games left. Four games left. I, I think they both got four games left each. Yeah, I mean, four games left. I, I can. Are they going to? Probably not, but, I mean, there is still a shot to get home ice advantage. But, I mean, yes, in the in the grand scheme of things, we're clinched with it. You know, it is meaningless. But, you know what? I love that they go out there and play like it is meaningful. That's, that's what I like. And, Agreed. And lingering back, showing some toughness, yeah. fighting all night long, not taking any nonsense. I love that game from the Rangers' perspective. Now I got I, I turned on the radio a couple of minutes after it started. I didn't hear Kane. I know Kane was out. Is he injured? No, I think it's more just they were resting him, maintenance. I forget the right. exact word that they use, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was just uh they're, they're not gonna put him out there in that spot. Give him right. give him some rest. Uh, and, and let him recover from whatever issue. I forget the exact word that they use, but I, it's right. not an injury. Okay, and I, I will say to the same thing, this is the most complete team I've seen the Rangers have in a long, long time. I think for like, me, you know, it, it, I'm going back to 94, Danny. I know, and thank you for the call. We appreciate checking in, and thanks for joking along with us and not taking everything so seriously, um, you know, about the personal life and the complaining. I don't hate my life. Everything's going to be fine. Leave me alone. Um, but for me, I go back to to 94, where and I know it's easy now looking back at the result, but I felt like that was a complete team. Now this is a different type of complete team, much more skilled, you know, deeper as far as the scoring goes on the the top four lines. You know, maybe not as good defensively. Just a different. You now look, it's a different era. I mean, talk about a long time ago now, nineteen ninety four. But this team. Is we use the term loaded a lot when referring to certain rosters. This team is loaded. 
I don't know if they could do any more. Yeah, could the defenseman be a little bit better? I guess. But getting Lindgren back is going to make a huge difference. By the way, they don't lose. The Rangers have been so good. I know they lost that game to the Devils. Outside of that, they've been so good. I forget the exact graphic that showed. Were they 12-2 and 2 or something? And and whatever the last uh, several games have been. Trying to pull it up real quick here. But anyway, they've been on fire. They went through that lull. People were starting to worry about right after the trade, oh, is this going to work out? They didn't even have any time to gel and people were freaking out. Shesterkin has gotten back to the top level that he needs to be at. The new guys, Kane and Tarasenko, have gelled, and they're playing well together. And now Lindgren coming back healthy. The Rangers are ready to make a Stanley Cup run. I mean, they've been on fire since early March. They've lost, what, four games? I'm trying to look it up real quick. Four games. Yeah, four games since March 9th. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are rolling. A couple of road games left. Four games to go at St. Louis on Thursday, at Columbus on Saturday, and then close it out back home against Buffalo and Toronto. And then the fun begins. Rangers, Devils. And I can't wait for the Rangers to eliminate the Devils. Michael is calling from Elmhurst. What's up, Michael? Hi, how you doing, Sal? What's up? Can you hear me? Okay. Got you loud and clear. What's up, Michael? Okay, you know, no, I'm, 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 we're talking about you're talking about the Mets right now. I want to bring you to a time when the Jets were pegged to win the Super Bowl. I think Parcells was the coach. Belichick might have still been assistant. And they were pegged to be a great team. They put a great team together. They were going to the Super Bowl. What happened on the first game? I don't remember what year it was, either the 90s or the early 2000s. And and, and, and Vinny Tessaverde was their uh, quarterback. What happened yeah, to him? It was 99. On the like, all right. And he, he blew his Achilles out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Okay. Oh, okay. But does, doesn't that remind that uh, uh, Edward Diaz injury remind you of that a little bit? A little different because you cannot win for the most part in the NFL without a starting quarterback. And yeah, well, you, could... you're starting. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep, keep going. Well, I'm going to say starting quarterback goes down. Your season's basically over. And I know the Rams won the Super Bowl a couple of years later with Trent Green going down with Kurt Warner. But come on, I mean that's not uh, th- th- that's usually not going to happen. And with the Jets, it certainly wasn't going to happen. They didn't have a backup quarterback. All due respect, Ray Lucas, and I love him, and I would never say this is his face because I'd be worried he'd punch me in the face. But they're not going to win a Super Bowl with Ray Lucas or Rick Meyer or whatever. With with Diaz going down, it's a big blow. And the feel is similar, but when when Testaverde goes down in that spot, you know it's over. When yeah, it was it when was, Diaz yeah. goes down, it's a it's a, a blow, but not exactly that same death blow that it was to the Jets. That <laughs> no, it's just the Mets are such a snake bitten team. I'm telling you. Yeah, they and you seem to be enjoying it. All the yeah. huh? You seem to enjoy it. Are you getting a kick out of that, or no? I'm just saying. You know, it's just it's just funny. Okay, so I'll thank you, man. Oh, I know. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you checking in. I mean, I get the comparison. Not a bad one. It's just much more severe when it happens to a quarterback, starting quarterback, than it is to a closer. The argument would be, and by the way, I'm in the camp of Diaz being very, very, very important and one of the few guys they couldn't afford to lose. But the argument would be he threw 62 innings. 62 in the entire year. So how impactful can that be? 
as opposed to, say, losing Pete Alonso. I don't think there is a baseball equivalent to losing a starting quarterback in the NFL. But I get the comparison. Gino is calling from Levittown. What's up, Gino? Sal, how are you today? Great, Gino. How are you? Good, buddy. Thank you. You you touched on something that I was thinking of. I don't know if you were serious, but let me ask you something. If Volderbeck had... How many walks do you think he would have at 20 at-bats? What do you mean? Uh, what am I guessing? How many here? times do you think he? How many times do you think he would walk for twenty at bats? Uh, I don't know, five, six. Oh, uh, that's a little low. I, if he was say, six or seven, why couldn't you take a shot at batting him at first? Batting him first. Batting him leadoff. Yeah. Do you really need me to explain that one to you? No, I just thought, you know, you touched on it. I know you were sort of joking, but well, I do you, maybe. Well, do you, do you watch the games? Seriously, I'm, I'm being yes, serious. Yes, I, yes, yes. Okay, so what is it about Vogelback? Give it a second. What is it about Vogelback that maybe would prevent you from batting him leadoff? Well, just one thing. I, I could list probably 15. Just give me one. Well, I, I don't think he's that good, to be honest with you. Well, that's that would be one for certain, but that wasn't the one I was looking for. You have another one in mind? Can't hit. That's also one that would be up there as well. It's like we're playing Family Feud. That's on the board. It's not the number one answer that I'm looking for. This is your final right, chance. What? Otherwise, we've got to change it over to another family here. Go ahead, Gino. What do you got? <laughs> one more. Remember, you wanted to bat leadoff. Why Why wouldn't I want Vogelback, or why shouldn't anybody want Vogelback to bat leadoff? I don't know the answer, Sal. He can't run. He can't run. Why the hell would you want somebody that's going to get on base and clog up the base paths? Which is why it drives me nuts. He can't hit. He doesn't hit for average. He doesn't hit for power. What he does is try to draw walks. The only problem with that is it's like R.J. Barrett. Yeah, his strength is attacking the rim. Okay, well, what's his weakness? Shooting free throws. Oh, okay, well, that's a problem. Oh, what's Vogelback's strength? He's patient at the plate. Plate discipline. He'll draw walks. What's a weakness? Well, I'll list many of them, but one of them is while he's on the base paths, he's useless. He can't run. That would be one of the reasons why. If you're looking at just the numbers, the on-base percentage, sure. And that's what they look at with Vogelback. He's a stat, he's a an analytic guy. If you watch him with your own eyes, you realize this guy this guy's no good at baseball. I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm telling you the facts. He does not I'd love still, I've been doing this for two years or whatever, however long it's been since he's gotten here. Does Vogelback hit with power? The answer is no. Does Daniel Vogelback hit for a good high average? The answer is also no. Does Daniel Vogelback field? Again, the answer is no. Can Daniel Vogelback run well on the base paths? I think we know the answer. So again, I ask you, what does he do? Ray is calling from Waterbury. What's up, Ray? Hi, Sal. You and I discussed this we discussed this about the Mets for two years now. 
They lacked power. And, 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 and there was people out there like Adam Duvall. We both wanted him. You know what? You know why he didn't come here? Because they couldn't promise him a starting job. Well, what made Canna such a, such a guaranteed starter every day at his age and at this point in his career? You gotta have power in the corners. The bottom line, get Marissa, now the only hope we got is that we can't wait till the trade deadline. We, well, these, at least two of these kids gotta come up here now. Well, it's not gonna happen right away. I mean, I'd be shocked if that were the case. The Duval one's a bad one because they needed a power right-handed hitting bat. They had it right there with Duval. What does he want? More right. playing time? Okay. Either give him more money or more playing time. You need that type of bet. You're telling me they couldn't just promise him the DH spot? I mean, I'd rather have Duvall, and I like Tommy Pham, and I get that he's maybe more versatile because he can play better defense. I'd rather have Duvall than Tommy Pham in the lineup. Sure. And and the thing about it is, Sal, you have to, they have no power in the outfield corners. Marte a little bit. No power at third. But I'll tell you what. Beatty's coming up in a hurry. I'll tell you, they're already pulling the plug, starting to pull the plug on Escobar. Well, already, I mean, before the home opener, they're platooning them. Well, they got a Buck said it was going to be a day off, and thank you for the call, Ray. Buck said it was going to be a day off, kind of reset a little bit before he gets a, a run here to kind of save his Mets career. Because if he continues like this, it will be a matter of time before Beatty will be up. Now, the other aspect of that is Beatty dealing with a right thumb issue, uh, had it uh, looked at, the imaging done or whatever, No, uh, nothing bad. I think it was just inflammation or whatever in the right thumb. He's day-to-day. But it was a thumb that he had surgery on a year ago. So there is some concern there. But if Escobar continues to struggle and Beatty continues to produce at a high level in AAA, he will force his way up here. But remember... And nobody loves to overreact more than I do. It's been seven games. And the reality is it's really just been three bad ones. Because they won three of the first four. So we're reacting or overreacting to three games. But a lot of the Mets' worst fears have come true. Scherzer no good. Verlander IL. Depth of the lineup, not getting it done. Escobar, left field, catcher, whatever, you name it. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Let's get right to it here. I want to try to get as many calls in as we can before we hand it over to the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Look who it is, just in time for the postseason to begin. Omar is calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Omar. How about those Knicks? <laughs> Good morning, Sal. First, first of all, let me come out of my chest about the New York Mets. My, uh, 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 I was all in as you were with Buckshaw Walter. I loved it to the day. But uh, when I started that Milwaukee game, uh, the first game at 10 zip, and before the game started that you have that plenty on the pitcher, on the exertion. That is unacceptable. That is on the coaching. All right? And 10-0, 9-0, and then they fought back yesterday, but they lost zip. I have never seen, uh, oh, they are going to the playoffs guaranteed to uh, such 
this before the opening day, such uh, like this season, like our opening day is not even a joy uh, for tomorrow. And then the rain out, they have the two days off. They better come in the first inning and start smacking them home runs to make these fans motivated because they have drained all the sugar. The way Knicks has put some energy in our uh, uh, red blood cells, they have just taken the energy out of 460 games, okay? What the hell are you talking about, Omar? They'll be fine. Relax. It's just oh three games. Oh, my God. This is such a day. Ten zip, nine zip was such a day. That is such a – my brain is still like I cannot watch ten zip. I said, man, I finally want Omar, to watch the baseball game. Omar, okay. hold on a second. You are a Buffalo Bills fan. You've watched a lot of crap over the years, and you've taken it. You, you, you're going to get upset about two lousy baseball games? Come on. Listen, but we were not expecting. We are expecting to go to the World Series, and that's a draining. That Milwaukee has a home run. That's the when you uh, Phil Jackson used to say the when you come after the uh, for the next season, the first twenty games will decide you where you go to. See. You have to show up in first twenty games out of eighty-two to show up where you stand because everybody is zero and zero. And then you make a difference after that. Then you can lower it down. Right away at the second series, you just flat, flat. You better show up in the opening game. The next three games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they better show up and basically destroy the opponents on these three games to make me motivate again. Now let's come to the, oh, we have a, he have a young nucleus. Obi Toppin, 32. Guy, 36. Ivan quickly, 39. My Knicks have a, Future. They have young guns, they have old guns, they have Brunson, they have leaders, they have a head coach. <laughs> Let's go keep on rolling. The big sons are for real, and they are going to be real for good time. Let's go, Dicks. Come on, Cleveland. We are ready for you. Come on, oh. Julius Mandel or not. Let's go. Next Thursday, <laughs> next Friday. Let's go. Thank you, more. Omar. All right, Omar, that is... <laughs> Oh, man, he makes me laugh. I don't know how we're going to top that. He makes me laugh, Omar. Although the reality is Omar always gets hype, overhype, and then his teams yet again disappoint. Whether it's the Buffalo Bills, whether it is the New York Knicks, they always disappoint. But there is reason to be optimistic about the Knicks. Maury's in Belmore. Maury? How do I top that? That is unbelievable. Not like that. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Hector, good morning. Good morning, Sam. Thanks for the setup. You don't know how you're going to top that, and then you got to go to me. Well, actually, I guess Maury is going to screw up and set me up. I'm definitely not going to top all You weren't getting in. Hey, you weren't getting in if Maury didn't screw up. So it's uh, you you pinch it. You know better than that I wasn't getting in. (laughs) Understandable, understandable. I'm late. But listen, Omar got me hyped up. I'll tell you that much for the Knicks right now. And I need somebody to get me hyped up for something because this Mets team right now does not have have me hyped up. I'm pretty much disgusted right now. And, yeah, I know it's only seven games and blah, 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 blah. But let me ask you something, Sal, real quick. And I'm sick of Juice Smith just like you are. If I don't see Juice Smith again, and I, I had an open mind about him, but I've had enough. Enough of Me Juice too. Smith. This was this was my, all right, I'll give him a chance year. And already yeah. I'm over it. No more. Yeah, no. exactly. I, I, that's it. I don't need to go any further with him. Um, 
But I just want to say a quick comment and then a question at the end, and then you could hang up and answer whatever. Um, I, and everybody keeps talking about this 101 wins. Like, the Mets have to go out and top 101 wins. Who the hell cares about wins? You want to win. The first goal should be to win the division, and then you adjust from there. If you can't win a division as you get to August, September, you try to do whatever it takes to get into the playoffs if you still have a chance to do that. But it shouldn't be about, oh, we had 101 wins last year, so we have to get 101 this year or more than that. It's not about that. That's not what it's about. Everybody should forget about the damn 101 wins. I'm tired of hearing well, who's, about the who's wins. talking about the wins? Hey, you got to stay off of well, Mets Twitter. Well, somebody called earlier talking about, well, the, the, the Mets, they're not going to win. A, that's all you hear about is 101 wins. And can they get to 101 wins again? Oh, they need to get. No, that's just. That if somebody right. told you right now the Mets will win 86 games this year, but they'll be in the postseason, you'd sign for it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Of course. But that also depends. But, um,. Let me ask you this, Sam, and I'm glad if it happens. Um, but do you think this Alvarez move is something like a – I don't know. I know it's because of injury. But with everything that Buck said, that we want to see him, unless it's able or whatever, and they still have this Michael Perez down there in the minors, do you think it's a little bit of a panic move if they do go to Alvarez after saying that he wasn't ready and he needed to work no. on so much stuff? No, I, I think it's going to be an opportunity for him. And I, I think it's an one... opportunity now, Sal. I'm just saying, though – I'm surprised that they're going to him and not Perez. Right, but that's what I'm saying. They're going to, and thank you for the call, Hector, they're going to give him what Hector's talking about in case you missed it. Narvaez has some calf issue. He might have to go on the IL. Apparently, Alvarez is getting ready. The Mets are getting him ready to join the team in New York if, in fact, that's the case. That means they know they could use that bat, and they're going to give an opportunity here to get some time and see what he could do. Maybe he could stick, and maybe he could be part-time catcher, part-time DH, but he's got to take advantage of the opportunity. I don't think it's a panic move, though. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who listened and who called. Appreciate each and every one of you back again tonight at midnight for the five-hour show, 12 to 5, so we look forward to talking to you then. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.